This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join is their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. Today, I have a special co-host with me. His name is Harrison. Woo! Hello, hello. It's great to be here. Great to be back. He's our resident millennial. Uh. Uh, hashtag millennial, but uh, yeah, we're here. We're <laughs> you know, we like to stay connected with the, with the next generation. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we're swiping, we're job hopping, we're, we're doing all of that, but millennials, we're, we're here, loud and proud. And our guest for the hour uh, is Amal, so I'm going to give you a little bit of of stats on her. You want to say hi really quick? Yes. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having Ooh. me here. Thanks for being here. She is 30 years old. She was born and raised in San Francisco. That makes you a unicorn, by the way. Apparently. That happens? That happens? It used to back in the day. Back okay. in the day. You're like an endangered species here. <laughs> um, 
So you were in New York for four years before returning to San Francisco in May. Yes. So you kind of see the other side now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different from when I left. So I'm still adjusting. I mean, I can't believe I got back here in May because I'm like, shit, that's almost going to be a year now. And it doesn't feel like it at all. Are you happy yeah. to be back? Yeah, I mean, look, it's this is home. I love it. It's my whole family is here. It's what I knew. And I love New York, but it just felt like it was time to come home. Yeah. I'm just still adjusting um, to all the changes because it is a very, very different city from before I left. So Amal and I were speaking before we start recording. And speaking of the changes that you've seen in San Francisco, um, which transitions nicely into the topic we want to talk about today, which is race. Yes. One of the biggest changes you saw in San Francisco since coming back is what? There's a lot of white people here now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now you white folks. Where'd you come from? New York. No, yeah. We're here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of East Coast transplants. Um, I'm one of them. New Jersey in the house. Oh, there you go. Holler. Um, I went to Jersey once when I okay. dropped my boxes <laughs> off at Amtrak to come back to San Francisco. Okay. No offense. You know, no fist pumping. You didn't have the shore. No. Okay. Jersey once. How, you, how did you not go to the shore? I mean, it's very. It's like a rite of passage for living on the East Coast. Is it though? I mean, I lived it. Look, I'm a California girl. I don't do Jersey Shore. No offense. Wow. Thank you. I can't do it. Thank you. No offense, but no. I mean, when I grew up in San Francisco, I grew up in a very diverse San Francisco. I think we were talking about it earlier. My family is ethnically Arab. My family is also Muslim. I went to middle school in the mission at a Catholic school. Wow. I was not the only other there. There were plenty of, you know, there were kids who had two moms. There were kids who were atheists. There were kids who were Buddhists. Like it, you know, and right. as far as race, I mean, it was everything you can imagine under, under the moon. Um, so it has definitely been a bit of a culture shock. I mean, I thought moving to New York was a culture shock for me because you know, everyone says like New York is the most diverse place in the world, which it is. However, New York is also very segregated. Extremely. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> None of my white friends understood that when I would tell them that. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, it's it's different in San Francisco. Growing up here, at least, it didn't matter where you came from. It was more of like we recognized everyone's differences, obviously, but we celebrated everyone's differences. Mm -hmm. um, and in New York, it was just like no one wanted to talk about like what race you are. No one wanted to talk about your differences. It was, everyone was trying so hard to be inclusive that it kind of became segregated in a way. Clicky. Um, very can clicky. Be clicky. Very, right. very okay. clicky. Um, well, you also have the neighborhoods too, the ethnic neighborhoods. Yeah, so. right. which have been gentrified. And I, you know, I'm right. guilt, totally guilty of that. I lived in a, I lived in Alphabet City, which was not a yuppie millennial neighborhood when I moved, uh, or I should say, before I moved there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I get it. I, you know, I'm a victim of it, or, or I should say <laughs> I am um, guilty of it. But when I moved back, what I realized is like, oh, it's it's exactly like New York was in the sense that no, now no one wants to talk about anyone's differences. Mm -hmm. And it, it, you know, the city isn't as quote unquote colorful as it used to be, you know, it, it's predominantly white and, you know, it, that's a little bit of a shock for me. When In I four years, do you think it changed that much? Really? 
I mean, no, I, don't know, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if I agree 100%. As well. I feel like it's way more diverse yeah. than it I'm is. Yeah, I'm the only maybe white. Maybe from where you guys came I'm from. I'm the only, yeah. if I'm in New York, all my friends are white and Jewish pretty mm-hmm. much. And yeah, here, exactly. I'm the only, I'm literally the only white friend in my crew. Yeah. So I could see a little bit of both, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, and I think obviously you guys are going to have different experiences because you guys right. grew up in different areas. Like for me, Uh, Look, San Francisco is still extremely diverse, and I don't want that to to be the takeaway. It's really just, it's not as diverse as it used to be. And for somebody who grew up here coming back, um, you know, I think I was gone during that really fast tech boom. So for someone who grew up here coming back, that's been the biggest um, and most noticeable difference to me beyond expensive rent. (laughs) And how does that translate into dating? What are some of the differences you've seen? So... Yeah, that's been interesting because I, you know, I think I had a little bit of a test run in New York uh, because it was the first time that I dated um, white guys. Um, and oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it was the what first was that time like? First time dating white guys and you went to New York for that? Yeah, I never <laughs> date. I, bankers? A couple bankers? Oh, yeah. We had a, yeah. Oh, I... You were just dabbling around? I just dabbled okay. around. I was there for a while. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, and it wasn't intentional. It wasn't like, I'm, you know, I only want to date people of my race and my religion. It's just kind of, I don't know, it just never happened. And also, I think I should also say I was really young um, prior to leaving. I was I was 26 years old. Yeah. Like, I was a baby. Wow. <laughs> 25. As I put in you know... I was 26 and I had never really left my family, I should say, to that too. Um, So I was a baby and I guess I also, I think when I was younger, I really wanted to quote unquote do the right thing. And Hmm. I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I guess it's easier if I just am with somebody who is the same cultural and religious background as me. It's just easier. So that's Um, who you dated before going to New Yeah. And I I realized after the fact that was a very um, subconscious choice. Um, I didn't realize I was doing that. Um, you weren't and, avoiding people no, with different backgrounds. No, 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 no. Ha- okay. not at all. I, yeah. I wasn't avoiding it at all. I think I just, you know, knew that that was, you know, what was supposed to, what I was right. supposed to do, um, and I did it. And it wasn't until I moved to New York. Um, and I moved to New York, and I didn't know anyone. I had not a single That's person a in the move. entire city. Wow. Yeah, all my friends that I had known who lived in New York had left by the time I got there. Okay. So, oh you know, I didn't know anyone, and it was the first time I did online dating ever. Tell us about your first white guy. Ooh, who was um, your first? Let me actually, let me think about that, because I want to make sure I'm like... Were there a few? I'm you like, can, just, you can call him John. You don't have to use specific. <laughs> I should say, like, the first, like white guy that I went on multiple dates with maybe um he was uh we actually wound up dating for about a year um we met on tinder um and this was before I think tinder had that horrible like everyone just trying to have sex on here rep um but yeah we met on (laughs) tinder and we actually I right swiped him by accident um (laughs) Wow. I know. This is like, this sounds horrible. I write swept him by accident. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. And Did he, he know that? No, I never told him that. So I was looking at his profile because he had a picture that was actually interesting. So I opened up his profile and I'm looking through his profile and somehow I wound up swiping right. Um, and he messaged me. He called me the wrong name. He clearly sent me a copy and paste message. And the message was, hey, Katie. Um, oh my god something that's... something something my response was do i fucking look like a katie <laughs> what 
That was my response. Wow. Because I, I was just, I don't know. I was just like, seriously, like you can put a little more effort. Was there an angry emoji in there? No, it was just, just just that. And you know what? He took it and we had this like back and forth banter and we wound up dating for a year. So So (laughs) was race ever an issue? Um, here, so here's the thing for me, it, it wasn't, and I don't think it was in the forefront of his mind, but it did get brought up. Um, religion and um, and race got brought up. What was his up. religion? Um, he was non-practicing Jewish. So his okay. family was Jewish, but he never even had a bar mitzvah. Like, you know, he okay. was very secular. Um, but it got brought up in, I should say, in not very... Like the ways it would get brought up were when we were talking about family, for example. Um, you know, a lot of the things that were a lot of things that I said my family did or were a part of cultural and religious cultural traditions as well um, were seen as weird. Um, and it was kind of like you know there was always this underlining uh, quote unquote joke. Like you know it would always be a jokey thing. Like one time we went um, we were at a bar with his best friend and this girl his best friend was dating. Um, and, you know, I introduced myself to them and we're hanging out and the the girl that was with the guy was like, oh, you know, asking me again how to pronounce my name and this and that. And she's like, oh, so where are you from? And my response to her was like, oh, I'm, I'm from San Francisco. And she's like, no, no, but where are you actually from? Oh, Which wow. happens to me a lot. And sure. I see you nodding because wow. I'm sure it happens to of you course, all the yes. time. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, well. I mean, specifically, I was born at Kaiser Hospital, Redwood City. Like, I mean, how oh detailed God. do we need to go? And I, you know, I was like, okay, that's weird. Um, and he kind of popped in, and you know, to alleviate the situation, which wasn't weird or anything. Um, I think, you know, it's just oh, ignorant. Yeah, right? it, it was. You know, he tried to make a joke about it, and you know. A lot of times he made this joke a lot about me being Princess Jasmine oh and like, oh, she's from Agrabah. And I'm, I was were like. Were you cool with that? No. Okay. No. Um, Did you tell him you were not cool with that? Oh, yeah. And he kept oh, doing yeah. it. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. You know, he would, he, for a while he would stop. Um, you know, if it brought up, I'd be like, that's, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> Princess Jasmine? Were you his yeah. first Muslim woman? I was his four, first Muslim woman and his first non-white Oh, so you were both each other's first outside Um, of no, uh, yes, outside of the Mm -hmm. right, yeah. So, and I think one of the things that I learned from that relationship was never be their first non-white girl (laughs) because it's just it's too complicated. I I don't want to teach somebody, and you know, I I get the differences, and I'm happy to you know, I have friends of uh, plenty of different cultures, and I love learning about their cultures and vice versa. Um, but when it, when it's something where it's not, I want to say, I guess when it becomes more difficult, when it becomes this struggle of like, I need to teach you so you can actually accept who I am. That's when I'm just like, I don't want to do that. And it became, it became a little tiring after a while. But did you think that you were also doing the same thing to him since he was your first? Um, I might have been, you know, I don't. I don't think I was because, again, like, it was my first, um, it, was, it was kind of my first time realizing that I was, dating me was different, you know, like, for somebody who wasn't Muslim to date mm. me would be different. Because I think a lot of times when people, you know, hear like, oh, you're Muslim, they expect you to be a certain image of what a Muslim is. Mm. And 
It's and what is that? What's that? You know, mean? I think it's like, oh, well, you're you're not Muslim, so you don't drink, you don't eat pork, you don't have sex, you cover your hair, you pray five times a day, you do this, you do that, and it's like, well, there's billions of us there's like billions right. of muslims in the world we're not all the same just like every catholic every jew is, is not you know going yeah. to shabbat every week exactly every catholic is not <laughs> oh of course take a night off you know? <laughs> let's keep talking about mm -hmm. some of the initial challenges yeah so i think a lot of times you know it's little things it's like the the micro things that people don't realize like i would tell some of my friends you know i don't need a nickname like Everyone can learn to pronounce my name. I'm not going to have a nickname. You know, I don't need to explain this to people. Like, why is this always a thing? Anytime I introduce myself to a guy, it's this big thing about my name. So that's all, like, that's like an, an ongoing frustration every time you meet friends, you know? Mm. That would always be a thing. Or, you know, little things like, I don't drink. Mm. And, you know, that is weird for a lot of people. It is very, wow. very, very weird for a lot of people. Um, and I don't, I have no problem going to a bar. I am a huge sports fan, so I was regularly at the sports bar every Sunday for football when I was in New York. But people do get really Did you ever out. drink or? Um, I've tried alcohol. Okay. It's just not for me. Like, wow. I don't. That's a cultural. Yeah, I mean, I grew up, I mean, I grew up in a family that didn't drink um, because, again, it is a religious thing, you know, Muslims don't drink. Um, and while my family, you know, again, scales of different levels of religiousness, it was just never a part of that in, in the house, you know? And even to this day, at family weddings, there's no alcohol out of respect for the elder, right. elders so, of the family. Speaking about family, because mm -hmm. I'm really curious about your parents, your mm -hmm. family, his parents, his family. Mm -hmm. it was Did they know you existed? Um, I found out later that they didn't. I think that um, he didn't think that we could be anything serious. Um, and I, well, I don't think that I know that because we had that conversation when we broke up. Um, and, you know, he didn't say that it was because um, of race or religion, but that is what he insinuated a lot. You know, it's like cultural differences. And I get that that's, you know, definitely an issue for interracial and interfaith couples all the time. And it's not a small issue by any means. Um, it just, for me, it was never an issue, and it was something that I've always communicated with everyone I've dated that it's not an issue for me. So I guess I'm going to play devil's advocate yeah. here. Are we being a little sensitive about race when we're talking about how is dating you different than dating, let's say, a girl who's vegan named Kira Stasi? You know, mm -hmm. like, yeah. how is that different? Because isn't it, she also has yeah. her way. She doesn't drink. She doesn't, she's vegan. Her name is hard to pronounce. How is that different? It's, to me, it's not different. Um, I don't think it's different. It's always, you know, I think it's been an issue for other people, um, which has been an issue for me because I'd never thought it was before. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I think for, I think it's something that people don't like to talk about race um, because it's uncomfortable. And the moment you bring up race, I think people automatically want to make sure that you know that they're not racist and that's not yeah. just white people uh i it's think everyone it's everyone you know i i know many people of many different cultures and there's racism in every single culture For sure. right. racism and colorism exists but we don't ever talk about it so it becomes this uncomfortable thing and i think that's I think especially because the fact that I am Muslim, um, I'm also Arab, uh, we are very 
in, we're very trendy right now. Um, not, in very, <laughs> not in a good way. Um, I'm in. A yeah. Um, hashtag Muslim girls. Um, <laughs> but you know, we are we're a hot topic, and it makes a lot of people wow. uncomfortable. And I have no problem sitting and talking to people about race and religion um, and cultural differences at all. I love doing that stuff. Like I think it's really interesting, but people are very uncomfortable doing it, and I think that's why my, you know, quote unquote, cultural differences because of my background becomes an issue because no one wants to talk about it. I think part of it is because I'm thinking about mm -hmm. sort of my own experiences. And we when we had the yellow fever episode, yeah. in my mind, I don't see the race as an issue is the lack of effort put into trying to understand where you came from or where I came from. So it's it, if we take remove race out of it, we could just say we're all the same color. It's just we were all brought up in different ways and you have to make an effort to get to know that person. But if you take race, if you use race as, as an excuse, then people don't want to make that effort because they're mm -hmm. like, oh, because we're not the same color, I will never understand. Right. Yeah. It applies to differences in general. Like in general. Vegan, I mean, Absolutely. it's every difference totally. and how proactive can you be to to find out and understand those differences. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's nothing wrong with people being different and coming from different cultures or right. different religions. I think it's awesome and this may be the San Francisco hippie in me, but I'm like, that's what I love. And mm -hmm. I think if we just address it and talk about it, it wouldn't be an issue. Because I have dated white guys and it's been great and race and religion has not been an issue at all because it's something that we openly talk about. You know, I when I moved back to San Francisco, I was actually dating somebody um, when I moved back here. Um, it was somebody that I had known before. He was white and not Muslim. And it was never an, it, like, our differences weren't an issue at all. Uh, if anything, it was something that we kind of bonded on. You know, I would teach him words in Arabic. Like, he really wanted to learn those kind of things. Um, he was, like, a SoCal, like, Skater boy, so he tried to teach me to skate. Like, you uh, know, yeah, cultural great. differences. Right. Like, you know, building bridges. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've had plenty of situations where it's not an issue. Um, but again, there are times where you are, like like you were saying, like, oh, you're Asian, so you're exotic. Like, ooh, that's something different. And it's like, I don't, like, I don't want to be that girl. I don't want you to be into me because of some quote-unquote Princess Jasmine fantasy, which... Right. A lot of guys have a Princess Jasmine fantasy. Oh, I have oh, a Princess Jasmine fantasy. That's pretty hot. That is pretty hot. I was Jasmine for Halloween because I would love to be Princess Jasmine. Uh -huh. But yeah, I so, agree. So, you right. Did you ever look at your first white white boy or white guy as a novel? Like, was it ever on the other foot? It was never that you? way okay. because I, I think in my situation, I went to like an all-white school. So okay. I had no other options. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really think about race in that way. He never... He and I, we were so young, you know, we were like in high school. So he and I never had these issues with yeah. race or culture. Because when you're young, you're naive, but at the same time, you're more open. Yes, you know? 100%. But the more, the we older. We think too much as you, we get older. We overthink. We overthink. Over, as we get older. I, yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> Getting up get there, older. you know. I agree. I overthink everything. I'll co-sign that. Yeah, <laughs> because, oh, for because sure. Because we do with think, data. because, you know, we're looking at media, everything's influenced by everything now, social media, and then things that weren't issues before become issues for some reason. So the older we get, we collect more of these issues and we project them onto other people. 
But I want to know, how is dating different now in uh, a time of Trump? <laughs> um, so I never, ever thought I would have to screen people to see if they were uh, Trump supporters in San Francisco. Uh. But yeah, you ha that's a thing now. So uh -huh. that's exciting. Um, so how do you screen? So I started going straight up like, so let's get this out of the way. Trump or no? <laughs> no way. Um, Trump or like in the apps? Yeah, or? like I would like a first message, and then it actually uh -huh. got to a point where I can show you guys. I updated my tin my my Tinder and my Bumble profile, and that's a screen. Like I'm just like pre date screener, dude. Like I need to know right off the bat. I've definitely had to like tell a few guys off. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're, so, they're dabbles. They're here. Here's they're what closeted. They're, they're closeted. I actually um, just today I left swiped on a guy who is in San Francisco to uh, according to his profile he is creating Make America Great camps, youth camps no. in the Bay Area. So that's exciting. What? Yeah. Yeah. That was it, on his Tinder profile? Oh, his yeah. bio? Yeah. I wow. mean, I, I Just think, moved to San Francisco. Isn't it funny that we <laughs> think crazy. by virtue of being in San Francisco, you're a liberal who's not racist yeah. and you're a hippie. I mean, the, those are just kind of the things that you automatically yeah. put oh, so as labels on here. people living yeah. in San Francisco, but we forget that there are quite a few others it's out there city. who it's are, you know, right. it's, it's diverse city. in it's every sense exactly. of the word. You shouldn't so, assume. Yeah, anything. exactly. Yeah. So I've definitely had to screen people, um, you know, because to me, I mean, what's going on, like, I've always been politically aware and active. And I think that's because I grew up in San Francisco. Um, I mean, I remember walking out of high school during the Iraq war to protest. Like, that's just what we did. Um, but I never really cared if I dated somebody who was politically active as long as they were liberal you know as long as they had progressive views that's all I cared about um, and I think now it is more important because it's not just politics especially with me it's very personal um, it's my life it's my family's life I'm the granddaughter of refugees my parents are immigrants I am an American-born Muslim like it's very scary and I hate that I have to be scared in in the Bay Area like but it is and you know that's just the reality we live with unfortunately um, and I think right after the election, I, I was actually, I was out of the country. I was in Brazil. Right. Brazil. Okay. Um, I was in Brazil. And when I came back, I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know like how I can even <laughs> deal with this. And, you know, at first it was difficult because I was coming ac across those Trump supporters. Like, what the hell is San Francisco? Um, but after the Muslim ban, um, I actually uh, went to the airport for the protest. And I think that... I, I should say, let me backtrack. I, I took a break from dating um, after the after like the elections. I'm still active. I was still active on um, all the apps, but I wasn't going on any dates because I it did take a very big emotional toll on me, um, as I think a lot of people. Um, and after the Muslim ban, I went to SFO and I saw everyone there and how many non-Muslims were there. And it was the most amazing thing and it totally reminded me of like the San Francisco I grew up in and it like gave me all this hope again because I was like you know what I think a lot of times people um, just kind of sit idly by because it's easy you know if you're not in a group that is targeted it's easy to just kind of sit by and be like well what the hell is going on? like what are you guys yeah. complaining about be passive about it yeah and I get it if you're you know you're uneducated about the, the, the topic um, 
but to see how many people actually cared mm-hmm. and like came up and were pissed <laughs> about oh, right. it and were out there hardcore that like restored my faith in like in San Francisco <laughs> and in humanity and I was like you know what? I'm going to start dating again and that no act, way. I swear that, to god I was going to ask like <laughs> what was the turning point for I you to like get protesting that guy? at the muslim band. protesting is the new brunch that's the, the uh-huh. yeah, yeah. that's the millennial new, focus. I find that, that t-shirt. So have you encountered, because you have this sort of um, screener for mm-hmm. Trump supporters, have you encountered anybody who was a Trump supporter but still wanted to meet you? No. But what I have yeah. encountered um, is a lot of really amazing dudes, actually. I mean, I haven't gone on... I, I will say this. I haven't gone on a date recently. I actually have a date tonight. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Tonight? After <laughs> yeah. this? Yeah. You want him Let's to get come him over here? here. Let's get him over <laughs> right now. That would be amazing. I'm He's like, a non-Trump supporter. Yeah. We know that yeah. for sure. So what I was saying, so my screener actually has been a great conversation starter. Mm. I've had really good convos. Like, it might not always lead to a date, and it might just be like, I, the other night I had this great conversation with this guy um, I, it was on Bumble, so obviously I had to start it. And I, my opening line was, "All right, let's just cut. Um, let's cut to the small. Let's cut the small talk. Um, who were you cheering for in the Super Bowl?" No, he said he's hey, like, "I'm a Patriots fan." Well, yeah, but not. You're all, yeah. I mean, Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady. He's a Michigan guy. But he, you know, he's he, a Bay Area he's boy on the other too. Side. He is a Bay Area boy. Born and raised in San Mateo. Yes. Oi. So I, I asked this guy that, and his response, he, he goes, "I'm, I was rooting for the Patriots, but I'm from Boston. I love Tom Brady, but I do not support what him and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft are saying oh. or doing." And you know, he asked me. He's like, "Oh, he's like, you know, you have a. He's like, your name's different. Like, what's your background?" And so we kind of got into it. And he's like, "Oh man," he's like how has it been dealing with this being Muslim? Like we've, it was great because it started a conversation and now it's no longer weird. Do you know what I mean? Like it's on the open so we can talk about it and it's an open dialogue. So you didn't end up meeting him though? We just started talking a couple days ago. Okay. So not yet. Isn't it interesting that because of the Muslim ban that this topic is top of mind for people and it's actually making it easier for you to talk about this issue of race? Yeah, That's it's fascinating. It's been, yeah, I think it's honestly, this is my whole thing. It's like, if we don't, if we actually talk to each other and are open about things, it does not weird. Like the reason why there's a taboo to talk about racism and bigotry is because no one wants to talk about it. Everyone's too scared to get labeled as a bigot or a racist. And I get it. Like, what you know that's hor that's a horrible thing to be um it's no one wants to be labeled as that unless you are that mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean being able to to have these discussions and it's something that everyone is thinking about right now and it's right. constantly in the news so it's kind of hard to avoid <laughs> what other challenges do you face with dating well i think one of my challenges this is not necessarily a religious but it is a cultural challenge um, right now I'm living at home. Mm-hmm. I am 30 years old and living at home with my mom. Um, <laughs> we yes. respect it. Um, which is very weird for a lot of people. Um, and is definitely interesting um, when I bring it up to people. And I should say, you know, culturally it's extremely normal for, and it's not just um, within the Arab culture, but with a lot of, you know, uh, immigrant families, it's very normal to live at home until you're married. I'm living at home right now for financial reasons. I'm paying off a student loan, mm-hmm. um, planning on moving out in the next few months, mm. actually. But still, it's 
it's weird. And I didn't think it was going to be weird because, again, it's such a normal thing culturally. I don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of my friends who grew up in the Bay Area um, who are of Arab descent, if they're not married, most of them are actually living at home because the Bay Area is expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, again, it's cultural norm. I'm just curious, Harrison and Julie, what would you do? How do you think dating would be different if the the leader of your country was targeting your people? Let's say the Jews, in Ooh. this yeah. case. Jewish. Yeah. Jewish in the house. How, yeah. how do you think dating would be different um, for you? So it would be it would be challenging. I mean, it, it, without a doubt, I think it would always be my thought process. And pe- the girls who I am dating, need to be, they need to understand my background and culture and how important it is to me. Um, I think it would be more of a subconscious thing because pe- for for a lot of people our age, I think it's just natural. Like I don't judge ethnicity or I don't even think about it. You know, for people our age, but the generations, I think mm-hmm. that's when it when it gets weird. Like I wouldn't. I think naturally, I wouldn't fall for anyone who would be against kind of my background. I, mean, I think especially religion is something that we don't talk about. Like race is obviously right. harder to ignore because it's front and center. Yeah. But religion, like very rarely do people really dive deep. Like back in the day, religion was super important in like finding a partner. But I think if like your leader is like anti your religion, it's obviously more front and center than ever before. Yeah. Right. It, it's also, I mean, different religions, some it's you're actually religious and then others for... For us, I mean, I think it's more of a culture thing than like being yeah. religious, religious, and Not probably for yourself yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I think that's actually like yeah. a perfect point because, you know, one of the things is like we don't talk about religion because it is like, you know, that quote, you don't talk about religion and politics when you go on dates. Right. I break all those rules. Well, I don't give a yeah. shit. Yeah. I think everyone yeah. these days are breaking rules. Like, uh, because yeah. I think similar to what you said as far as like, you know, Jewish, your Jewish um, religion being a part of your culture and your heritage, like, that's how it is for me, particularly because I am Arab and Muslim, yeah. and the religion and the culture are very intertwined. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I might not be religious. I'm you, not praying. Yeah, you just have to. Day. I mean, appreciate that I have an overbearing Jewish mother. You know, <laughs> there you she's go. there all the time. <laughs> appreciate that. I'm but she'll feed having you way- all the time. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that I'm always looking for a bagel. I'm sorry, like I just have to make that happen. And I think the little things like that. Go to New York for that. I know. Yeah. I think though, like what. Back to the thing about if the leader of your country is against your religion and your background. I think, like, we were talking about there's a cultural and, like, religious. However, there's a picture that he's painting that everyone is the same in, like, the most extreme situation. So it's kind of like, at least this is how I feel. No, totally. I'm with you so far. I feel like people would, I would think, like, are people, do people even know who I am and what? my views are, or are they just judging me now because I'm Jewish and this is what they hear about Jews and yeah. whatnot? No, I mean, I completely co-sign that. I think <laughs> I think that's probably why I took a little break from dating um, after the election, because it, it was just like, oh, this is too much. This is like overload. I, you know, call me a snowflake. I don't give a shit. But yeah. I was going through my emotions. You know, I was like, shit, like, does this country really hate, like, my country hates me that much as a woman, as a person of color, mm. as a Muslim, like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I was going through all those emotions as well. And I think the one thing, like I said, like, the Muslim ban, like, the the horribleness of the leader of your country ban, you know, putting this, like, horrible label on all your, your people actually brought up this really beautiful thing mm. and I think united a lot of people. So 
I'm kind of, you know, what I've noticed at least, and maybe because I do put it out there, I am having much more open and honest conversations yeah. about our differences, and that's awesome. And that. it's been great so far. So hopefully that's what, that's the direction we kind of go in. Yeah. I love that. I think, you know, I think about if this were turned around on me, what would I, how I would date? I would do the same thing. I would have the same screener. Yeah. And I think I would want to go, I would actually want to go on dates with people who were for the enemy, right? I would want to go on dates with them. <laughs> That's the only way. Right? I want to have open right. conversations with I, them and, more. you know, understand where they're coming from. Because obviously they're as passionate about this as you are. I would love to hear what they want to say. And on the flip side is, I do think, I really hate when people say, these are topics you should stay away from on a first date. You know, yeah. we talk about politics, religion, also kids, marriage, all that. Fuck all that. I on a first you date. You filter. I mean, standing time. In the beginning, you, you should get all that Whatever. out of the way. Yeah. You don't want to find out it's someone's like, like anti, like, your religion. Yes. Like, yeah. Down the line. Yes. You know? Like I don't I don't under I don't buy into this whole idea of a honeymoon period in a, in a relationship. Because in the beginning of a relationship, that's when you're hashing shit out. Totally. That, yeah. That's when you should be asking these deeper questions. Uh, I agree. I mean, that's when you need to know. That's when I can tell you, like, look, you're not going to come to the family barbecue. Like, it's not going right. to happen yeah. unless it, you get serious. Like, what's the yeah. yeah. And, mean, like, for some people, like, I get it. Like, that is an issue for a lot of people. But... Like you, I couldn't agree more. If we're swiping based off of looks, why can't we swipe, swipe in quotes based off of? I mean, very clear, obvious values. Believe like, just so simple. Like it, it's so obvious in it in our face. You know, I we're, agree. we're always swiping on physical appearance. Why can't we just do it? But I couldn't agree more. We have to talk to the other side. I think the key is we need yeah. to talk. Yeah. You know, we have exactly. to stop right. ignoring these issues. Maybe if you go, on a date go or two. if you go on a date with a Muslim woman, you cannot ignore the fact that she's a Muslim right. woman. Is there an M swipe? We should do a Muslim swipe. There, okay. oh, there actually cool. is. There's one called Minder. <laughs> Minder like is that J date for? Okay, Lisa? but it's like it's again. This is the whole thing where like the idea of what a Muslim is is kind of like all over the place because I think a lot of the times, especially within the Muslim community, um, we didn't get to talk about this, but I know within the Muslim community, there's also an image of what a Muslim is supposed to be like. Like if if I went into a quote unquote Muslim community, they would be like, oh, you're, you've got tattoos, you have, you know, crazy hair colors. Like, no, no, you're definitely not. A good, you're not a good Muslim girl. Um, but yeah, there is like this whole idea of what that is um, and how to fit into that box. So Minder was created with this idea of like Muslims finding each other for marriage. Marriage, yeah. So and the proper Muslims. Yeah. That's a, a whole other episode. <laughs> you know, it's all about being this like um, hyphenated <sighs> ethnicities. Yes. So not being accepted right. by the masses, but also not being accepted by your own ethnicity. It's is also another topic we'll talk oh, about. Yeah. <laughs> Say for another day. Question of the day. From Vanessa. She says, I am an Asian woman dating a white man and he is totally cool with our cultural race racial differences, but his parents may not be cool. How do I approach this situation? Mm -hmm. Yep, I've um I've wow. encountered this That's many a times been because I, yeah, so we're all like, yep, been there, been there. Right. The, the issue is, I like to see, one, if he agrees that his parents do have an issue. Because I've dated guys who, 
their parents obviously had an issue, but he was, um, he did not want to see it. So he didn't want to admit to it. And so he's very defensive. And then two, I think, is she also, I would say, Vanessa, are you also being overly sensitive? What are the symptoms of someone being uncool with your race? Maybe you're just being sensitive to that. But last, I just say open communication. You know, first talk to your boyfriend and say, I have a feeling that your parents are maybe uncomfortable with us. Um, don't bring up race. Just say, I think just us. Like, what is it? And then if, if the opportunity presents itself, sit down with the parents and openly talk about it. See what happens. I would say tread lightly, but the only way to, to move forward is talking, 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 talking. You have to talk about this stuff. And getting silently judged at family dinners is not going to help anyone. Not fun. And yeah, I also think he needs to step up his game and take a more proactive approach to get the talking to happen. Yeah, and maybe his parents are just not cool with her. Right, (laughs) exactly. It's nothing to do with her race. Maybe they just don't like her. Maybe the scapegoat, honestly. That'd be a horrible scapegoat. Amal? I mean, I definitely, I've been there. um, And I think that goes exactly what you were just saying. I mean, I think it goes back to talking. If you're waiting this long to have that conversation, look, you might date a guy or you might date a girl. And, you know, it might be an issue for their parents. I personally, I'm like, I don't care if it's an issue for your parents. I care if it's an issue for you. Are you yeah. going to defend me? Are you right. going to stand up for what you want? Or are you going to crumble the moment your parents are like, no? Because that has happened to me. I've had guys crumble the moment their parents say no. And it's fine. It is what it is. You move on. But I think if you have those conversations early on and you're reassuring each other, like, you know, Vanessa's reassuring her boyfriend that she's in this and vice versa. I don't think it really becomes an issue, you know. The par- it's, It then becomes a problem for the parents, and the parents are just going to have to get the hell over it because they're in this together. Well, let's wow. wrap this up. I like this. I like this. This is a deep episode, and also this is a deep Got question real. because I think it deals with family issues. So, listeners at home, we would love to hear from you. Have you had any challenges with someone's family, you know, dating someone who, whose family didn't approve you? I want to hear from you. How do you deal with that kind of situation? And we just want to hear from you in general. Write in and, you know, drop us a line. We love to hear your stories. And last but not least, one, two, three, stay Stay dateable. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.